passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Michael Brooker. That means it is the post-game podcast. Before we get started, let me ask you to take a chance to rate us and review us on Apple or however you get your podcast, and also subscribe on the YouTube channel. These post, post-game podcasts aren't there, but everything else is, and get it delivered to your door. And if you subscribe to the podcast and rate us and review us five-star ratings, you get those delivered to your door, too, and it does good things for us also take a chance to support johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com they're our sponsors and great friends of you the inside carolina listener and if you're a premium subscriber 10 percent off that order still plenty of time to order plenty of gear for the winter months and summer will be here before you know it and then we're talking back tailgating and everything like that and johnny t-shirt's got you covered mike i'll bring you in 8275 i'll let you just open the show with your overall thoughts Ah, um, golly, so close. I mean, there were so many moments there where I thought, you know, they battled back and had a chance to really, um, you know, take the lead and, and uh, finish off some of those long stretches of, uh, of good play after getting down multiple times by double digits. They showed the fortitude and the, uh, getting the ball inside, et cetera, to, to really battle back and make some tough plays and, you know, shot the ball overall really, you know, relatively well. Uh, actually, it got down, I'm sorry, to the 44% there. Um, I think we were up around 48 at one point and shot the ball well from three, 10 threes for a, you know, 42% clip and shot free throws well. So uh, guard play, uh, the young guards, the freshman guards, um, I thought played, you know, pretty well overall. Uh, Did a lot of really nice things, shot it well from three. Harris was a huge boost, I thought. Energy, defense, had, you know, some three assists in the first four minutes of gameplay and five points. So, Man, there's a lot of positives to take from it, but um, the live ball turnovers I thought were key. Uh, the one play where we had a chance to cut it to one and they go that we miss and they go down and get the end one um, where it could have been one. And now again, it's six point deficit. I just think we just couldn't quite do enough to get over the hump against a really good Florida State team that plays really well at home. I think that was their 20th um, home win in a row, I believe. So. Uh, just not quite enough, although uh, a lot to build on, I think. Yeah, I think there was a, a ton of positives, and we'll certainly talk about them. Um, you're playing against the Florida State team that's got size. They've got experience. Um, they've got probably the best player in the conference, or one of them certainly, and N.J. Walker. And then Copravica, who I kept thinking they were saying, go for pizza, <laughs> um, just was a, a beast at times. And he got a little chippy late. 
um, but he gives them 10 and nine and he was difficult to handle on the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, he sort of exerted himself a little bit. Um, and then Roquan Gray. I mean, I love that kind of player. I mean, mm-hmm. 6'8", 260, big body guy. He certainly used it. Those guys were the difference for Florida State. And like you mentioned, Florida State's a good basketball team. They destroyed NC State shooting the ball the way they did. And that's something that going in, Roy Williams mentioned that if they do it again, that's going to happen to Carolina. But I, I thought Carolina and specifically Caleb Love came ready to play. Um you know, he struggled. We have talked about him ad nauseum. We talked about him on the Inside Carolina Live show this morning as a guy that's got to learn to offer something other than shooting if he's not making shots. Well, today um, he hit three three-pointers, and I thought he looked like maybe the guy that North Carolina fans expected coming in. Just what you see from him that was a little different and, quite frankly, a difficult matchup against Florida State. Uh, he just seemed to be a little more poised, I thought. Like you said, um, uh, knocked down. We think he was three for six from three, four for ten. You know, he's had a lot of games where he was two for nine or, you know, three for 12 or so. He just seemed a little more poised, a little more under control. He did have four turnovers, but, but you know, they're an extremely long athletic defense that switches everything and really gives you problems on the perimeter and, and kind of try to take you out of your comfort zone. They did put, uh, pick up full court some. So, you know, all things considered, as much as he handles the ball, you know, four turnovers is not is not uh, terrible. Um, but, yeah, um, we're going to need him to continue to, to play like that. And with the addition of, the, you know, the other guard play and then the, the injection of Harris, I think is going to be a big boost. And it's going to take minutes from somebody. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to have to be on the floor. Walton um, did some really nice things. So I was encouraged overall by the – the young guards, you know, that's, that's something really that I thought was a positive in general. Um, Davis played well, Love, Walton, Harris. I mean, that's something we can really build off of, I think, moving forward as we continue to, you know, dive head first into this ACC play. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It doesn't get much more difficult than playing Florida state down there, especially mm-hmm. the way Leonard Hamilton's got it rolling. I mean, I mentioned the guys earlier, but they always seem to be able to roll out a guy to six, seven, six, eight, that can play and, and you know even with Scotty Barnes out they had those guys and, and they were efficient enough late to to seal the win but I, I want to go back to one play you mentioned and I texted you about it and this sort of summed up the game for me ton of positives right guard play um, Sharp was extremely active if not been able to finish um, of course he took a beating too but that, that's neither here nor there but the play that sort of summed it up is what you mentioned. I believe it was play tech, and I'm not calling him out specifically, just in general. You got a, a drive to the basket or, or a fast break. You've got an opportunity to pull it out and get some help or go strong. Um, and maybe it wasn't him. I can't remember. You'll correct me. Either way, it don't go strong to the basket. Florida State does Florida State things, and right there was the ball game. I think there was, what, seven minutes left-ish? Mm-hmm. on the clock that sort of summed up the night for me ton of positives but that's the hurdle this team still needs to get over yeah I agree completely and like I said I texted you when it happened um you know chance I believe we were down three with a chance to cut it to one and continue to build on that positive momentum a three or four minute stretch of I think it was a 12-3 run or whatever it was um and you know didn't go strong they challenged which they always do they're obviously extremely active and challenge everything um, and they go down and get a, a and one. They finish it 
and uh, obviously complete the free throws. I think they were 26 out of 27 from the free throw line, which is absurd, um, which obviously kind of kept us at bay when they did go to the line. So, yeah, I, I agree. We, you know, it's, it kind of summed up the inability to kind of get over the hump when we had the opportunity. Um, I think um, Caleb may have had another chance down there first half, went down instead of going up strong, you know, tried to, you know, uh, probably finishes that play in high school, but with the length and athleticism uh, and rim protection of Florida State, you know, um, it's just tough to finish those plays unless you're going stronger. Like you said, pull it out if you don't like what you have, pull it out and let's run some offense. So um, it was a summary, uh, although, like you said, there were tons and tons of positives that we can draw from and build off of. Yeah, I, I do like the way that Garrison Brooks battled against those guys, didn't get enough shots. I mean, five shots for Brooks, six shots for Baycott. I, again, you know, I don't know where you take them from. Leak, Leaky only took three. Um, you know, and Kerwin had 13. You can't really complain about Kerwin getting all the shots he can handle. Um, there at the end, I think he rushed that one um, with a guy on him. But that's, that's a freshman. He played well. So when you add Harris in, and he's obviously going to be a part of this roster going forward, how does Roy Williams now have to sort of reorganize and remanage the minutes? And then also, well, let's talk about the minutes first, and then I want to ask about the shots. How does Roy, you know, reevaluate and manage these minutes going forward? I think it's tough because, you know, each, each, each guy brings something to the table. Each guy, I mean, you got probably, what, six guards looking at the numbers here, wings, guards that had 19 to 22, 23 minutes. I mean, that's – um, it's good to have that depth, obviously, in case somebody goes down, but it does make it difficult to manage those minutes, especially when you add a Harris into the mix and he looks as active and, you know, as good as he did today for a short stretch, of course. But nonetheless, uh, it was nice to see him out there playing hard and, and causing some issues defensively for people. Um, you know, some, uh, some people are going to um, have some, a uh, few opportunities, especially if Walton keeps shooting it like he does. His minutes will continue. I think he had he was right at 30 minutes with 29 minutes, which which is a lot for a freshman guard. But I mean, you got to have a, a guy like that can shoot it like he does on the court. Um, you know, Harris. Um, you know, Davis played really well. He seems to be kind of turning a corner a little bit. So he played 20 minutes. So it's going to be tough for a coach. Uh, I'm sure it's nice to have options, but but it does probably cause a few issues as far as people being comfortable. Uh, but then again, uh, I'm not sure people need to be comfortable because uh, we're eight and five right now and three and three. So maybe it's good to have those options to continue to push buttons and, and, and get guys playing like they need to play. So that's a great point about not getting comfortable, not getting complacent, which, quite frankly, I think maybe um, and I could be speaking out of turn. But I think early in the season, perhaps there was some of that going on, mm -hmm. um, at least from an outside observer. And when you look at the minutes here, like you mentioned, Walton with 29, Leakey with only 20. Caleb Love with only 21. I think where you see Harris coming in is maybe Playtech's minutes. But Playtech, depending on the matchup, has done some really good things. Now, this mm -hmm. is not a good team for Playtech to match up with. And, and, and so we'll see going forward. Um, let's talk about shot distrib distribution a little bit. Because um, Carolina had 62 shots. You, you mentioned um, that they got it up. What was their shooting percentage? 43.5 with what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. um, you hit 10 threes, that's always a positive for this team, and they shot well from the free throws. But you got to have your players and your shot makers taking shots, and I just don't 
I, I can't think that Roy Williams likes seeing Brooks and Baycott with only 11 total shots. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of that had to do with – I don't know. I, I obviously agree 100% that they – we got to get it inside a little more. Either they have to work harder or we have to do a better job entering the post. I know Florida State makes it really tough to do that with some length and strength, you know, strong guys. You know, they have – they always seem to have 6'8 to 7'2, extremely rangy athletic guys that give you fits. Um, so, uh, I, I, they did make it tough for entry passes, but nonetheless, uh, that's no excuse, obviously. that we got to continue to still get that thing in there. Um, a couple of times we did get in there, kind of like to Sharp. Uh, obviously, he's been incredible over the course of the year and done some really, really nice things. But, you know, bringing it low, gotten stripped a couple of times late. And, you know, we, we had some shots down there late that didn't quite finish from the bigs. Um, we, we have a tendency to, to miss a fair number of short shots or put back opportunities that, that would be beneficial for us. But, um you know, I think coach is obviously stressing to continue to get inside, but it's just got to be a continued emphasis uh, for those guards to to make good passes where the guys can handle it and go up and grab it with two hands. One time we threw it in and MJ Walker came across the body and snatched it with two, whereas kind of uh, Armando kind of went up with one kind of half-heartedly, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's got to be a continued emphasis because those guys are obviously really good and they need to continue to get force-fed the ball when, um, so we can have that balance. Yeah, I mean it's great to be a good offense is a missed shot, but you got to get those guys active, and it certainly it translates. The more active they are on the offensive end, the more aggressive they are on the offensive rebounding end. I think you can see that when you look at the stats and you break it down. When you see, you know, Baycott getting one shot in the second half, I mean that's tough for for one of your most aggressive bigs, but. He didn't do much to get that shot. And so it's just a – it's an interesting thing to watch this team. Last question for you, Mike. I, I want to put you in the coach's position. Roy Williams' team, I think, is getting better. And this matchup's just not a good matchup for this team. They, they've beaten Florida State at their own game many years in the past. Um, but this year is just – it's what a good matchup going in after the Syracuse game was. They – work Syracuse that was a good a good matchup moving forward in the ACC you're turning the corner but you're only three and three and you're only eight and five what does Roy Williams say to his guys in the locker room after this one and then in the weeks this week leading leading up to I believe Wake Forest on Wednesday I think ultimately he just has to keep preaching and I know he will uh, ultimately um, they are good enough to win them. I mean, we've had a lot of close, close games, you know, like less than six points, a fewer than six points, I think, in all the losses and maybe even the last six or seven games in general were all came down. But, you know, just to, just to continue to focus on each possession, making the easy play, making the smart play, because, I mean, we had it, we had it down to what, one? Uh, or at one point we had it to one or took the lead in the first half. And over the next, it was two halves worse, but over the next five or six minutes, I think we had eight possessions where we had seven turnovers. And, you know, those turnovers were leading to live ball points for Florida State. They weren't thrown out of bounds type of turnovers. So um, just being able to to not have the lapses, you know, and obviously that's uh, – he's preaching it and talking about ball security. and But um, those lapses obviously have been really crucial to, to some of these close losses. And uh, we've won some close ones late, uh, but those could have easily gone the other way as well. Um, Notre Dame missed a shot late, and, you know, they were tight. So – uh, ball security has to continue to be an emphasis, and I know they'll continue to work on that and uh, just continue to um, 
you know, get those. We got a lot of young guys. I think we kind of, I kind of tended to gloss over it, but in this season, that's kind of a unique season with COVID and all that stuff and having six freshmen that are and another redshirt freshman added in. So that's seven of your top 10 or 11 guys who are really, really young, talented, but young. And there's going to be continue to be growing pains, but I think there's enough positives from this game in the last few games to, to see that I, I think they're trending upwards, but they do have to tighten up in that area, especially the turnovers, live ball turnovers to really kind of turn the corner that, that we think they probably can turn. Absolutely. I mean, and we'll get out of here on the post-game podcast, but I do think it's a key point. They are getting better, but you are absolutely right. In these close ball games, every single possession matters. And, and when you throw it away or you give it away or you miss a layup on a fast break, of the, those are game changers. And then add in the fact that Florida State goes – what, 26 of 27 or 25 of 26 from the free throw line. I mean, they do – these ACC games, you're going to be required to win. You're not going to be giving them yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. They're, they're getting close. I do like that Anthony Harris is back. I think for a kid that's played six games in a Carolina jersey in his career, he's probably the most loved and has yeah. the highest expectations of anybody <laughs> that's, ever, that, that's ever put the uniform on. Um, but we'll see what difference he makes. Mike, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you taking time to join me. Definitely. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Yep. Florida State 82, North Carolina 75. Of course, inside Carolina.com podcast, post-game podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Everybody stay safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.